Communication and leadership through a global pandemic. That's my next guest on the Do Yo Live audio experience, Dennis Schiraldi. I'm the man behind the audio experience. I got to interview a friend, a Do Yo Live alum, Maria Stevens, founder, owner, expert behind Stevens Coaching and Consulting. We just recently wrapped up a really fun interview. We got a chance to catch up, talk a little bit about what she's steering her clients through when it comes to remote work situations, leadership, kindness, and empathy during COVID-19. We also got a chance to break down how the youth are finding out about TV shows through TikTok versus the adults finding out about TV shows through the TV show. Anyway, this is a Do You Live audio experience. We've got all of our best content going over to the podcast right now with speakers, previous conversations with guests on the Do You Live marketing show, webinars, recent interviews. This is one of them. Also, find out what Maria's favorite pizza is in Youngstown, Ohio. That's a really big deal. That's religion here, people. And just a pleasure to have her on the show. Super smart, super intelligent interview today and i want to share this with you let us know what you think please share this thanks so much i'm out and three two one meeting is now streaming on facebook what a heck of an introduction i'm getting away from my wwe voice by the way maria a return visitor a do yo lum a do yo live alum Maria Stevens of Stevens Coaching and Consulting, breaking down today TikTok and a Do Yo Live exclusive. One of my huge pet peeves. Ba -ba -ba. Finger touches on my computer screen. And Maria just let me know she's got a touchscreen computer. Yeah. I have a two and a half year old that's got an iPad. That's for another conversation but he thinks my desktop computer is a touchscreen, which now I have a bunch of little pet peeve, touchy, touchy, touchy things. Nice memory, Leo. More importantly, Maria is here to coach us, guide us through conversations, at least what she can in the Do Your Live Marketing Show on communication leadership in the time of coming out of a global pandemic and COVID-19. Maria, thank you for making a return appearance. It is good to see you. How have you been? Hanging in like everyone else, right? Um, you know, just kind of taking it one day at a time. And as everything has gone on, trying to, to adjust and, and trying to find the best path forward for myself, for my family, for my clients. And it's it's been an interesting journey like it has for so many folks. And um, it's definitely not been easy or comfortable, but we've... We continue to navigate through. Yeah, absolutely. You know, early on, like when I was having some conversations with people, like, you know, obviously everybody pulled to remote work and you obviously have that experience with remote work and even previous lives where, you know, I was employed with GE Healthcare. We ran a, a billion dollar healthcare IT portfolio and everybody was in four corners of the United States. So I brought that remote culture to a lot of my clients, but it was reminded to me like we weren't just working remotely. We were working remotely through a pandemic. Yes, absolutely. It was really a, such a quick 
adjustment that people had to make. And it was really evident early on. Those who had had a contingency plan probably in their business were able to really make that shift pretty quickly. Uh, those who hadn't and in, in, in really weren't equipped as much for a virtual working experience, um, it was a, a bit more painful for them and obviously not as smooth, but everybody found their way and then sort of like found their footing. And, but to your point, there were all sorts of other issues that were surfacing and, and, and popping up. You have the, the infrastructure and the technology piece of it, but you also have a, a really tremendous people component and a human relations component and leadership side. And that's what people were really reaching out to me on um, to understand how to really navigate through that and how to support people, how to just balance the variety of emotions that people were feeling and grappling with on a daily basis. Yeah, right. So the kindness, the kindness, the check-in, the the whole you know mantra behind that. Um, talk to me a little bit about like. So I, I, we have a mutual connection in Don Dragish, and Don and I have been doing some work together. And you know, we were talking about you know this at the beginning of the pandemic and how we were taking clients to work with them remotely. And then there's the marketing component. So like when you do marketing, you're like. Some people will say like, well, my email's down. Can you fix that? Because that's a part of marketing some reason or other. And you're like, that's an IT issue, but okay, I'll help you. And like remote work culture is really not my sweet spot. Although I've done it before, that's what you do. Yeah. And so I, but I told him, I was like, if I was running around last summer, you know, jump in the DeLorean, go back to last July. And I was running around town going, hey, we want to help to establish your, you know, your remote work culture. People would like throw me out the door and laugh me out the building. Mm -hmm. But there really wasn't an opportunity through, obviously, you know, through this pandemic to, to, to go and pick up new clients to help them through that. But your existing clients, what were some of the things that you did along the way mm -hmm. to help them with their communication strategies and leadership strategies through a, a remote culture? Yeah, there was certainly uh, lots of outreach and lots of inquiries around um, to that point, virtual support and virtual leadership during this quick transition that people had to make. And a lot of the inquiries early on were things like, how do I really manage a remote team? You know, many people were leading with people, they were used to being in the office, seeing folks that they were leading yep. uh, and in their presence face-to-face -face every day. And that's one scenario and then doing it remotely, not seeing people, not having as many opportunities for face-to-face -face connection makes it a, a totally different reality. So a lot of the inquiries and a lot of the work that I was doing early on was just helping people figure out, okay, let's brainstorm, let's figure out, okay, let's identify where are we at right now? What's working, what's not working? Um, what are the relationships like? What are you sensing is going on with within your people, but also within you, what are you feeling, right? So we know that in, in the best case scenario, non-pandemic, those leaders that are really compassionate are the ones that are able to generate the greatest level of commitment and loyalty and engagement. In a pandemic, it's even, uh, you know, unequivocally more important, right, to just be so much, so compassionate and to be caring. So in order to do that means that relational component for leaders has to go up. And for some leaders, they're naturally relational. And so it was just a subtle tweak of their approach. For other leaders, 
they focus much more on the operations and the tactics and the you know urgency and procedures. And so for those leaders, it was really helping them tap into more of that relational side um, to find what works for them so that they can really foster care and compassion during really difficult times. No doubt. Maria Stevens, Stevens Coaching and Consulting, we're talking about communication and also leadership through obviously a pandemic. Um, and I agree with that. I, I think that the, the time obviously would some of the companies that I work with was the, the marketing department. I was like, you need to take a leadership role within the company and check in on people on a daily basis. Like, and I'm not talking like, where are you at with this report or where are you at with this presentation? Like literally like asking people how they're doing, investing the mental health aspect. And here's the one thing, like we shouldn't just be checking on the old lady across the street during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. We should be checking on the old lady across the street like all the time. Mm-hmm. And we should probably be checking on the coworker regardless of pandemic or not. Do you yeah. think that that's a, a, a silver lining that kind of comes out of this, that, that 9-11, you know, niceness that we had, you know, in unity that brought us together. Does that come out of this? I think it certainly can. And I would really encourage, and I have encouraged many clients to look at that as, and, and I've positioned it, and we've talked about it more so around what is an opportunity that can emerge from this kind of crisis, right? Because it has been a crisis situation, continues to be, and it continues to evolve. So, you know, it's an opportunity. We know that, again, we always are looking for building a culture of engagement and relationships um, and morale. And all of those things are fostered through frequent, compassionate communication, care, empathy, and all the things that I work with my clients with all the time. Absolutely, this is an opportunity to, to make that even more robust. And really by doing that, it also fosters creativity. It fosters imagination so that as companies, we can come out of this on the other side with new possibilities we never would have even imagined. So does it mean that, you know, boy, this is, this is, this is easier. This is such a blessing. I mean, of course not, but we can look at it and say, how can we uh, foster these relationships so that we can make a creative kind of future and design it the way that the way that we want. We've, we've done things as simple as having companies with a lot of employees do kind of a five and five, like every day reaching out to five employees you haven't talked to in a while and five clients, um, you know, just little simple things like that. The need for communication has, has grown exponentially. That's a wonderful point. And by the way, so to build some context, cause we are building an audience right now on Facebook live, give everybody just that quick high level elevator speech as to exactly what you do and how you work with customers. Great. So Mostly I work with business owners and leaders um, from a leadership development standpoint. That could be at the individual level, the team level, or the organizational level, um, all around creating a vision, uh, creating a a strong culture that ultimately fosters increased loyalty, greater engagement, and overall increased organizational success. And and Maria is a part of the Do You Live family. She was a speaker at our event last year. Amazing questions, by the way. And I totally peed off like a ton of millennials that were sitting in our audience because I had some interesting questions and you had some feedback on management of, of the. And I say that with tongue in cheek. Let's have some fun. It's okay to laugh, people, right? It's, you know, 
like I feel like the seriousness and the tone right now, obviously in the country amongst on, on so many levels is obviously, you know, so serious and for the right reasons, but it's okay to smile. And so here's a question I have for you, because I think also that in through all this as companies had to go develop that remote culture and you know, you're well-read, you're well-versed, you pay attention to what goes on in, in the, this environment. And, and Yahoo was like, we're bringing everybody to work back in. You got to be in the office. And people invest a ton of mil- money in the, into their commercial real estate. Do you think that business owners, leaders are reevaluating the investment of commercial space in lieu of this necessity to work remotely and, and how they'll manage that you know, we can all come out and play again, but you think that they'll go back to saying, work at home two, three days a week, come in the office. How, how's that looking for you, your clients, and what you think that you'll project in the future? I do think that there's going to be a reevaluation. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking it the other day. I have a client that bought a brand new building last year. You know, really, they moved in six months before this all happened. And then they were all working out of their homes, you know, six months later. Yeah. Um, who could have predicted it? Uh, so I think it's going to be looked at as, hey, boy, this actually worked greater than we thought it would. It was actually, you know, um, more streamlined and more efficient than we anticipated. There's definite upside to it and there's definite downside to it. And I've seen different viewpoints and I've seen different perspectives. I think the short answer is yes. I think people are going to reevaluate it now because post COVID-19 is a new reality and we've learned from it. So with those learnings, how do we wanna work moving forward? And I think the best thing companies can do is evaluate that from all angles. Obviously a cost perspective is one. Additionally though, what works for our culture and, and what do the people at our company say and how they feel too? And what ultimately is gonna be the best decision for us moving forward? And I believe the best thing to do is for it to be a collective decision that's in line with the vision of the business. But it's certainly gonna be reevaluated and it's going to be a real turning point. I think when we look back on this for years, you know, in years to come, I, I believe it is gonna be really a turning point in terms of the way people work. You're, you're, you're and great insight. And you're a really people intensive person when it comes to client mm-hmm. um, involvement. So like engagement, you're, with them in person, the physical, like, you know, one day a week, one time, right, right. Now, how has that, you know, you, you, did you shift your consultations to zoom or whatever online mechanism, right? Yeah. And will you continue to operate in that function or will you go back to the way it was of being in front of people one-on-one, one-to-many in those physical settings? You know, I think a lot of it is going to be dictated by what the clients prefer. And again, that's kind of an extension of what we were just talking about, right? It's going to be sometimes there's just a need to be face-to-face and you prefer that. And there's just a vibration that you get when you're in person, right? And that energy is, right. is unique to a face-to-face dynamic. However, uh, yeah, I have I had been pretty heavy virtual-based prior to this, but of course been 100% virtual based and in leading, I just wrapped up a, like a five week leadership development series for leaders. And it was of course all virtual and it actually went so incredibly well. And there was a lot of upside to it that we hadn't expected. Like number one, 
one of the obvious benefits really was geographically there were no limitations for people because we weren't meeting in person. Sure. Number two, it was more efficient in a sense uh, since people could just kind of hop into the meeting and then hop out and then get back to their day rather than driving somewhere and adding all that time in. And there was also, I think, a special, we, you know, we leveraged some of the cool Zoom add-ons like the breakout rooms and things like that. And there was really a, you know, a, a, a cool and I think unique connection that came out of that from a virtual standpoint. So it taught me a lot about virtual facilitation and the fact that it can work really well. So I guess moving forward, I think we're open to any and all combinations of that. I'm going to, you know, probably sort of accept, I, I guess, virtual as a greater plan B than I used to in the past. I used to just be much more of a stickler for like, geez, for coaching, I really love to pick up on people's nonverbals and I really wanna be in person. However, it has worked really well. So now I'm like, hey, you know, face-to-face -face or virtual and that increases my opportunities as well geographically. I, I think it does, right? I think it obviously, it, it, it expands the scale of the footprint. Mm -hmm. You know, I wrote an article and early on is that the way that people are starting to turn to approach, you know, my area of favorite conversation is marketing and communication is that you started turning to the things that we were blasting, iPhones, social media, everybody's paying so much attention to social media, they're forgetting to connect in real person, then suddenly these became our lifelines. Mm -hmm. And then you, what you also saw is like people, not just the kindness conversation with the lady next door, but they also started to say, I'm taking all my content. I'm moving it online. I'm going to continue to do my workout classes, educate people. And I'm a big fan and a 10-year product of building audiences mm -hmm. through the free content distribution. And then if you find the value, you join my email list, and then we start to nurture you into these other aspects. And I'm hoping that people continue on with that mantra of, you know, if you're, if you've got a, a gym and you're going to, you're going to continue on with your one time per week, Facebook live or your yoga class or, and the reason is, is this, if this proves anything, it proves that we can work remotely, be productive. It proves that you can scale beyond the geography boundary of Mahoning, Trumbull, Columbia County. Right. But mm -hmm. it also proves that people still want to connect in person. We yearn for that. Yes. So like if you own the gym, just because one day a week you're giving away free tips online, you're building community and maybe out of necessity, time, whatever that is, people might go to that online workout, but they really want to come in. Yeah. Right? Like do your live serves its purpose. And I don't know the future of the event. It's too premature in my eyes yeah. to make that call. I'm, I'm not doing that. Um, you know, we like to anticipate that we're doing a fall event, but guidelines change every day at two o'clock. Yes, they do. So we're managing towards that. Like we're like, okay, we'll figure that out. But in the same note, what we do know from delivering content online for five years now is that as much as people can consume this online, they want to come see us in person. Mm -hmm. They want to come connect in person. They want to shake hands or elbow bumps or right. virtual hugs. Right? right. So, right. Yeah. So um, before we, before we jumped on, we were talking about how much of an expert you are at TikTok. Oh, more so with my daughter, but yeah. Did, did I see you dancing on TikTok? Me? Did I see you do a TikTok well, yeah. dance? With her, not by myself. Let's okay. make 
okay. which makes it perfectly legitimate for all dance moms to do the TikTok dance with their, but of course, very interesting conversation, right? So like, you know, I, I'm like humbly bragging about the 230,000 views of one of my TikTok videos that's just mm -hmm. completely stupid with, you know, messing around with my kids and my business. I've got to be cognizant of all social media platforms if somebody were to call me. But you said something interesting. We were talking a little bit about Netflix shows and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And you and I kind of like see Netflix and we're like, oh, that's on Netflix. But your daughter came mm -hmm. at you from a whole different angle. Yeah. yeah, we were trying to figure out something to watch on Netflix and the whole Tiger King thing popped up and she's like, oh, that's the thing from TikTok. You know, like she recognized it because of the TikTok that had been made about the Tiger King, you know, cast, which I just thought was wow. But it makes sense because I'm seeing, you know, you're seeing music is becoming, you know, known and popular because it's in a TikTok video. It's actually becoming a marketing vehicle yeah i think is really just you know it's interesting and i you wouldn't expect that at first it was just this thing that like little you know kids were just recreating videos but now the music that these videos are set to it, it's actually helping their music get out into the marketplace so this, this is like you've you've been to my in-person networking events so i'm usually able to say things off the cuff that make you probably fall on the ground but like Everybody wanted a poo-poo, so <laughs> that's my official marketing term for the day. Everybody wanted a poo-poo Facebook, right? And yeah. like, and then like, now people talk about, you know, like kind of marketing to seniors, and they're like, well, you know, social media is at the avenue, or this, and and I'm like, look, like, if you have a business and you're marketing to a 65 year old person, I want you to keep something in your mind. That person was 50 years old when Facebook came out. Mm -hmm. The chances of them being on Facebook is significantly great. Even if they were a slow or late adopter, they got on it at 55 years old and been using it for a, a decade. Yeah. So people are like, well, I, you know, like we've got to talk to the kids of the 65 year old. Those 65 year olds were utilizing social media. It's been around for 15 years now. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about TikTok, would you ever have a client utilize this as a communication tool to build up internal morale at a company? I think it's a great idea. And it's funny, it just came up in a meeting the other day. So folks were asking me, because that's one of the things with virtual work is how can we make it you know, unique and engaging and creative? You don't want people just going from one meeting all day long and you're stuck behind the computer. What are some things that you can do creatively to make it fun? And that's a great way to do something fun for team building and create just laughter and connection and really bond during uh, an interesting, just such a unique time. So I love that idea and we might use it with, with clients because they're always looking for ideas and they're looking for ways, unique ways and creative ways to support one another. We've got a comment from a viewer. Matt Prologo says hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to jump into rapid fire questions. Oh boy. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. But like some of these are like redos because you've been on before. Maybe okay. you remember. That gives me a little bit of an advantage, but that's, I'm okay with that. Okay. Are you an iPhone or Android user? iPhone all the way last good business book that you read or recommend anybody reads? 
Ooh, uh, Range by David Epstein. We're going to go off topic just a minute here. We're going to go back off the business conversation, get to know you a little better. We, we brought it up. Tiger King or The Last Dance? The Last Dance. Yeah. Best pizza in Youngstown. Oh, boy. I'm going to have to go with Avalon. And this is kind of a loaded question. I think I know the answer to this. Best church festival in the Youngstown region. Come on, I can't do it. I'm too loyal. I'm just, I'm going to have to plead the fifth on that one. I patronize many, many festivals. I'm heartbroken that so many of them are, are not going to be happening this year. It's like one of our main summer things to do is to go to festivals. So um, hoping that, you know, many of them will, I know, I think Niles McCarmel is going to still do food takeout. I hope a lot of them do that because it's like, like a key component of summer in Youngstown is festivals, right? Listen, man, you don't have to front. You know the mic drop moment is, is the Mont Carmel Festival in Lowville. Don't hide. Don't sleep on that. Nobody else got the baby doll dance where they Listen, blow off fireworks I, right in front of people. If my entire, <laughs> in my, in my entire life, I even when I've lived out of town, I've never missed it. All right. And Weird. last but not least, best business advice you either have received or you give. Well, I'll have to go with just being an entrepreneur and the the roller coaster ride of knowing that it's an up and down cycle. It is part of business that's normal. And having had numerous ups and downs coming into this pandemic really helped me navigate through it because it's part of the normal, it's part of the fabric. So when things pressed in and it got challenging and uncertain and scary and unknown, it was really pretty normal for me being an entrepreneur. And so anyone that's on that path knows. And I think that if you're in business, if you own a business, you're, you're running a business, prepare for the ups and downs that are part of the journey of what business is. I would totally agree with that. Like, I, I mean, I, I just think that the, um, I think that the whole, um, you know, landscape feels like, like an entrepreneur was like kind of created, like just to kind of ride this through yeah. last but not least there's two there's one more thing i wanted to tackle and it's actually something that you brought up is kind of that emotional roller coaster ride as we come out of this yeah so i can share just a you know personal example of it when leo had his open heart surgery for that six month time span from the time that he was born to the time that we um had the surgery we went into our kind of our own six month lockdown. Doctor said flu or cold could have killed a baby with a hole in his heart. We decided to socially distance before it was popular. Look at the Chiraldis, early adopters. Yes. We went to church. That's where you go. And, we, and then some little old lady that weekend manhandled Leo like, oh, he's so cute. So we're like, uh-oh, only one of us is going. We limited, you know, we washed, we bathed, we cleaned mm -hmm. our clothes regularly more so than an, I have an Italian wife that she cleaned even more than an Italian woman would clean. And <laughs> thank God with levity and faith. And we got through all that. Yeah. But then after it ended is when it hit me. Month one, two, three is when like it all kind of the adrenaline rushed off. Everything was fine. Mm -hmm. But like, that's when it really started to, to like kind of settle in with myself. What are some things that people can do and they can contact you directly, obviously, for more advice. But what is one or two things that people can do as we come out of COVID to be able to help them emotionally deal with 
um, getting back to life. Well, I think that's a great point and a great perspective that you shared. And I can so much appreciate that. It's very common where, you know, people will, will hunker down and we will get into that crisis adrenaline mode, which is kind of like really what you did during that period of time. You were in that six month, like, you know, tightly hanging on and, and so careful about everything. And your brain was so focused on survival that you really didn't have a chance to think about anything else. And once that eminent fear is passed, we then need to kind of deal with all the emotions that are left over. And there, there's no easy way around that. It, it is simple as it sounds. It's really paying attention and being aware and taking that time to, to kind of just identify what you're feeling and then so that you can know how to reach out and, and get the support that you need. Most of the time as leaders, what we do when we're faced with a problem or a crisis is we hunker down to figure out process, procedure, control, um, you know, locking into focusing onto operations, but from a leadership standpoint, one of the greatest things that we can do if we want to support others is to also be aware of what we're feeling inside. And in order to do that, you have to be still, you have to be quiet so that you can identify what you're feeling and then build that connection with others. So to be able to just really tap into that, taking a few minutes in the morning and understanding, okay, well, how am I feeling? Sounds like a basic question, but in COVID-19, it's not easy to answer all the time. Sometimes people aren't sure you need that, that time to be still, to think it through and, and to be aware. And, and, and all those words that you've heard before about awareness and presence, but that's truly a, a main survival skill for people to thrive moving forward. Maria, thank you for taking the time to join me today. It's always wonderful to see you. I can't wait till we can see you again in person. And thank you so much. Maria Stevens, Stevens Coaching and Consulting, Leadership Training, communication training, workshops, ongoing. You want to check out her website. We'll make sure we put it in the show notes. Let us know what you think. Give us a comment. Share this with a friend that you know is going to benefit from all this great information. I want to thank all of you for dropping on by today. This was presented by iSynergy. Thank you. Thanks, Dennis. Thank you.